something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton, coming to you from inside the secret broadcast cave of the Phantom Radio Studio in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson was instrumental in developing the PBA Lane Maintenance Program in 1971, and it is still referred to today. He was a founding member of the Bowling Foundation, which was created to find solutions to scoring issues in bowling. Len has been with the Kegel Company since 1995. He was also a recipient of the Bowling Industries Flowers for the Living Award and the John Davis Award in recognition for his contributions to the sport. And now the Phantom and his friends are hosting the Phantom Radio Junior Bowling Club. The Phantom will tell you more. So Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company. Well, Phantom fans, this week's special guest is back again for another visit with us. He's a man that first came into my world in early 1979 when I lived in Arizona. He was just a kid, but he had a love for the game that was obvious, and he just continued to get stronger with time. He's written about the game for various news outlets across the country and has reported about the game, its history, and its changes at radio stations literally around the globe. And he still coaches and bowls some and has a true passion for the game's history that would be hard to match. He also hosted me on his own radio show back in St. Louis a few years ago. And we've both come a long way since Sholo, Arizona, back in 1979. And now with us again from the Wichita area, let's say hi to C.J. Layton. Hello, C.J., and welcome back to Phantom Radio. Well, my friend, it's always great to be here. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Maybe you and Chris and the boys got together for a little little to-do, and uh, I had a great time, and, you know, it's just, we're back at it now. We're back and ready to roll, Pards. Fantastic. We made it through almost another year. we got a month or so to go before the winter starts up, but you're back in the winter area. It's going to be a little mm-hmm. snowy from time to time. I'm still out here in California. But, you know, before getting started, my friend, I want to wish you a, a happy Thanksgiving and also happy holidays coming up. And and I got to ask you something, how your health is. Uh, I hope it's okay. And I'd heard that you've been having some back problems, right? Yeah, it, uh, you know, that ugly S word, that stenosis word came up with my uh, specialist. And, well, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm just taking it one day at a time, like I always do. And, you know, everything else is, other than that, is uh, really pretty good. I figure as long as I've uh, as long as I've got vocal cords, I'll be okay. You know, forget the legs, forget the back, forget the arms. As long as I can squawk, I'm all right. <laughs> well, you still got that great voice, and uh, I just want to remind my, my listeners out there that you are the voice of Phantom Radio, and you've made me several audios. For openings and they all sound the same to me, but they're all different. They're unique. Uh, they're beautiful. I get nothing but compliments, Bards. And uh, well, I good. Good deal. 
I appreciate all that you do for me with, with all that kind of preview stuff. Uh, it's hard to talk about yourself, but you do a heck of a job, and I appreciate it. But uh, I know that you keep a, a good eye on what's going on in the bowling world, uh, especially the pro circuit. So yeah. let's start with the PWBA. Is there anybody out there so far that's catched your eye this year? You know, it was a great season uh, for consistency with a lot of people. And, you know, quite frankly, there were a lot of people just like the PBA this year. And there were a lot of people that I actually saw maybe with a breakout season. And that's really good to find in the PWBA. Our friend Verity Crawley cashed consistently, really consistently for the first time in a while. She finished in ninth with a little over 40K and won a tournament, the Grand Rapids Classic. So she keeps her, uh, she keeps her really, really high visibility. And she does a lot for the PWBA, too, by literally traveling around the world for clinics and so forth. Lindsay Boomershine, Hank's wife, congratulations. First win of the Queens. What a way to get your first win. And she was uh, in the top five in a lot of categories, too. Uh, but dominant, well, that's Jordan Richard, my old friend. She led the tour in wins with three and made stepladder finals six times out of the events this year. She had high, high average. Tied for high caches with 11, perfect gains with three, and the former Rookie of the Year is now PWBA Player of the Year. Just the fourth player in PWBA history to win both. She joins Hall of Famers Liz Johnson, Wendy McPherson, and Anne Marie Duggan. That's some pretty high-level category right there. Uh, it was a good season. It was a big season for them to get a little more TV exposure. Out of this season for them, Daria Payak, now she's just a, a, a beautiful lady inside and out. She's returning to Korea this December, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of men pros and women pros to be invited to the Korean International Invitational Championship. Here's the thing, though, Len. It's now the Chrisman Memorial Storm Cup, and I love to see that. And I hope that that name stays the same all throughout their Invitational. It's a big tournament. Huge event, 320 bowlers in all, invited players 100. That includes the PBA and PWBA people. It's a, it's a brutal format. It's a very fast format, right around $34,000 for first place. That ought to be a, a pretty good time for the people who are invited. And as far as the women's 2024 schedule goes, it's looking really good. They've got 12 different events scattered amongst eight different dates. They start out in May in Minnesota with the Twin Cities Open, and they will end on the PBA Tour Championship Week like they always do, the 6th through the 13th. Again, 12 uh, being decided, a whole lot of uh, events planned for the PWBA. I, the only thing, you know me, the only thing I don't like about everything and the shifts is that uh, I don't see them on TV. I see them just on Internet, and I, to me, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a shame, but, uh, you know, I'm glad that They do a really good job, but it's it's not the same. Yeah, exactly right. Plus, we don't get the audience that we would on television, sure. uh, shamefully. But I'm glad you mentioned Lindsay. Uh, she's with Storm, and yeah. unless you've been under a rock lately, uh, you didn't realize that uh, the leader, Mr. Christman, passed away. And what a tribute that is to him. But also, uh, along those same lines, I just want to mention one thing about the other lady that you mentioned, Verita Crowley. Yeah. And that she works out at Kegel, and uh, we got to throw them a bone once in a while. But I'll tell you what, there's some great teaching coming out of that area. 
Uh, you know that's right. You know that's right. All right. Well, you mentioned a little bit about their schedule. Um, can you give us kind of a hint? Uh, you say it's scattered around a little bit. Do you have sure. a schedule in front of you that you can just bounce a couple of the cities? Yeah, off I can. Of course, you know, you know me. You know, starting May second will be the PB the PWBA Gold Bowling Twin Cities Open. That's going to be at Cedarvale Lanes in Egan, Minnesota. Then there are two sets of dates that are actually going to decide three different titles. The first set is in Nashville starting on May 28th, and that's at the Smyrna Bowling Center in Smyrna, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. The Greater Nashville Classic, Bowl TV Classic, Music City Classic will all be decided, three different titles within that date frame, and the same goes for PWBA Tour Championship Week. I like the fact, Lenny, of course, you and I know Woodland Bowl, Indianapolis, Indiana, quite well. And I love the fact that the U.S. Women's Open is going to be there. And I like the fact they're going back to Allen Park, Michigan at Thunder Bowl, a great friend of the PWBA and the PBA for over a decade and a half now. And they'll do their PWBA Tour Championship Week there. So 12 titles to be had, uh, some decent money to be had. Uh, speaking of money, Jordan Richard, like I said, uh, had uh, had herself quite a year. She won the... Uh, she won the PWBA Player of the Year. She's well over uh, ninety some odd thousand in earnings. Uh, the uh, it was just it was just a great year for her. It was fun to watch her grow this year. Yeah, that that's a pretty good paycheck for the ladies. I wish they had more. Obviously, Me too. We wish the men had more too. But speaking of the men, give us a little rundown on the men. I understand that a milestone or two happened this PBA season. So, do you know what those are about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. My man, Pac, you and I for years now have been talking about the house. And, you know, Sam Villarreal did some really nice work for them with the T-shirts and gear and so forth. Not too many left in the house. Once they start winning, they start leaving. But uh, <laughs> Packy Hanrahan and Mitch Hoopé is still part of that. Well, they were both winners. They won the uh, Roth Holman doubles and split 20K. And then later, Packy would win the Kokomo Classic, $25,000 for Packy. He's over a little bit of a hump. Now, he did have titles, you know, with the team, with the Elias Cup a couple of years in 2020 and 2022, but those were his first individual wins. I think he's ready for a breakout year. I really, really do. EJ Tackett, now let's talk about the squirrel, my friend. Five titles, <laughs> the youngest player to reach 21 wins in PBA history. Now, you and I both know you get around 13 titles, 14, you're going to end up in the Hall of Fame at some point. My friend, once you reach 20 plus, that is rarefied air. Once you get past 20 and go on past there, you are in some heavyweight company. He won the U.S. Open. He won the World Championships. $458,000 for the squirrel this year. Yeah, that's going to help go, go a little ways with a new baby that's on the way, right? I tell you, that's a fact. He's going to be able to put away a lot of nuts with that. Let me tell you something. Anthony Simonson had a great year again, won a major, 348K. Belmo, even though you don't see him in a whole lot in the statistics, he managed to win yet another major and win 338k for the year. Hey, check this out. You and I have talked about Don McKeon before. Remember those conversations? Oh, yeah. Well, we go from Don to Eugene, who has been on the tour, and now to Kevin. Kevin McKeon, one of the players' championship, 100k, 141k on the year. Kevin is going to dominate. Kid can throw the ball 23 miles an hour. The rev rates are stupid. 
and he can overpower any lane. So watch for him to really start jumping. A.J. Johnson finally got his first at the Lucky Larson Masters overseas. And, of course, uh, the Elias Cup, a really, really big deal amongst uh, all, the, all the players and all the participants. The Waco Wonders. Now, I don't know this to be true, Lynn. I get this second, third, and fourth hand. But allegedly, Johnny Petraglia walked up to Jason Sterner, B.J. Moore, and Frank Snodgrass and said, gentlemen, let's welcome the two bowlers behind me, Parker Bone III and Ryan Simonelli. <laughs> and the six of us are going to win this damn thing this year, and I'll be doggone if they didn't. Parker Bone and Ryan Simonelli were just ridiculous throughout the whole tournament. Frank Snodgrass came up with some big, uh, some big strikes, too. So a very good year for the men's tour. But again, you know, I, you and I both, and I don't know if it's realistic, we want to see more money out there. Consider this. In 1984, it was just a typical tournament that I happened to see on TV. Guppy Troop cashed 24th, and he won $1,350 that week. Now, back then, in 1983-84, that was still considered a pretty passable payout for 24th. It usually covered your week's expenses, had some left over to go to your next week. That amount of dollars in today's dollars that would have to be $3,908 to equal the same purchasing power. And Lenny, unfortunately, you and I both know that 24th ain't going to pay that. In fact, uh, you rarely see a 24th place payout anymore. Basically, you see about 16th. That's about it. Yeah. There are really good things coming up, though, for the PBA Tour season. They're just right up the street for me again to open the year. They've got a major in Wichita, the PBA Players Championship, the third time in the past four years that the tour begins with the players. PBA in Wichita, you know as well as I do, oh, how they are linked. They've been hosting PBA tour stops for like the last 50 years. In the 80s and the 90s, Frank DeSocio did such great work with North Rock over there. And, of course, a lot of PBA stars have got their skills at Wichita State University. So what a, what a year this is going to be. And they've got some really outstanding stops, too. For sure. I'd like to get into that schedule with you, but first let me ask you one thing about the Don McCune era that yeah. I was involved with that. I was working on the Relains up on the tour back in those days, and I watched Don every tournament that he was bowler of the year back in 73. Mm -hmm. And then I saw his son come along, Eugene, and I thought, holy mackerel, this guy's got to be like adopted because this ball speed that Eugene had was well above what Don had. And right. then I see his grandson come along. I know this kid's been adopted because Don never had that much speed in a whole block. <laughs> <laughs> he had him oh, every man. shot. Never could have equaled this kid's ball speed. So what a powerhouse kid he is. What, yeah, watching Kevin is like watching uh, a motorist on the Audubon pass someone on Highway 61. It's incredible. Very <laughs> scary sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I heard that uh, at one tournament, the mechanic not only went in the back room behind mm -hmm. the pin setters, but he went out in his car because he was afraid the pins were going to fly out of the back room. <laughs> you can hear it. You can hear it all throughout whenever he bowls. It's amazing. <laughs> all right, let's do a little rundown on the uh, on the schedule. If you have that in front of you. But, oh, uh, yeah. I know you probably got it memorized. You know, <laughs> half of it I actually do because, of course, Starting in Wichita, I love going there, and I love being able to talk to a few people. And uh, 
That'll be at the North Rock, Bolero North Rock now. Of course, that's in Wichita. That'll all start January 9th. U.S. Open back at Woodland again. Very nice to see. Bolero Mount Prospect. They're going to Mount Prospect, Illinois for the Illinois Classic. That's in February 4th. This I love to see. They're making a stop in Springfield, Missouri, February 12th. Now, uh, a lot of people don't know about Springfield, but that's been a hotbed too. And their activity in bowling nowadays is really, really strong. They're going to Enterprise Park Lanes, a house I'm very familiar with, and that should be a really, really good time in that tournament. Really happy to see it. Uh, Dave Small's Championship Lanes, they're going back there, the Indiana Classic. That'll be February 18th. Delaware, they're going to Delaware this year, Middletown, Delaware, for Mid-County Lanes and Entertainment's Delaware Classic. That starts February 26th. They'll hold the Masters at Suncoast in Vegas. That'll be the 24th of March. The World Series of Bowling, of course, uh, the 15th year of that uh, great event will be at Thunder Bowl. A whole lot of uh, titles will be decided in that very, very small time frame. I don't even have enough time to run down everything they're going to do during that time week. Uh, go Make sure to go to PBA.com and look at that national tour schedule. I think you'll be really pleased because the Roth-Holman Doubles Championship is also a part of that week. The Cheetah, the Scorpion, the Shark, the World, all a part of that from April 6th to April 21st. Amazing. And then the Tournament of Champions at Fairlawn, Ohio, they'll be at Riviera. The greatest bowlers in the world walk through these doors. They'll do it one more time. I always love seeing that sign. PBA Playoffs, Angel of the Winds Casino, Arlington, Washington. They continue in Kissimmee, Florida. The PBA Tour Finals at Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. They call it the Lucy, the Storm PBA, PWBA, striking against breast cancer, mixed doubles. That'll be in Houston starting the 25th of July. I love that they're going to Jonesboro. Jonesboro has been a really popular place for regionals for the PBA in the past decade. Well, now they're going to hijinks in Jonesboro for the real thing. That starts on the 30th of July. I couldn't be happier about that. Great little town, Jonesboro, Arkansas. They're going back to the Sweden for the Lucky Larson Masters, August 30th. Then back we go with the teams in the Elite League playoff action on September 14th. Bayside Bowl, Portland's always a great way to uh, do business. The expanded league season is going to be great. And Lenny, each and every one except one of uh, everything that's going on with them is either going to be on Fox Sports or FS1. The FS1 people said viewership is up 15%. Fantastic. Boy, that's great news. Hey, they need to keep on that roll, partner. They need to keep on that roll. And with a schedule like this coming off a season they just had, I think they can do that. I'm sure they can. I'll tell you why. The the table is set for it. You you mentioned a few stops there that I I just wanted to comment on. um, The Roth home and doubles. That's the first time that I saw their, their picture down by the pin deck. And I thought, holy mackerel, who did that drawing of those two guys? It was perfect. I found out it was Sam Villarreal. Of course. And we ended up being partners because I contacted them and we did the little book on it. And that ran its course, but that was awesome. You also mentioned Wichita. What a place, North Rock Lanes. We had a tournament there back in the day. At the end of the tournament, Walter Ray wanted to know what we did to the lanes. I said, we didn't do anything special. They just had such a great resurfacing job that if you hit the ball in the pocket with anything on it, you were going to strike. He says, you know, I got to tell you, I hit the pocket like nine times a game 
And he says, I never left the 10 pin, not one time. And wow. That, that has nothing to do with the oil. It has to do with the roll of the ball and how well those lanes, how, how well they're resurfaced. But the, the last thing I wanted to comment on was the Mecca of bowling, Riviera Lanes in Akron, oh, yeah. Ohio. Yep. Boy, I'll tell you what, there's some memories there. I got the chills in my arm right now just thinking about it, my friend. You know, people forget they even had a bomb threat on the day of the show. It was either 90 or 91. I forget what it was. It ended up being false, of course. Thank God for everybody. But, yeah, we opened up the show with Chris Shanks and Bo Burton standing in the parking lot. Exactly. That's right. In fact, uh, <laughs> in that book, there's an episode in there about it, the, the drawing and everything. But Yeah, you're you still That was a great book. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we should have charged more because we didn't make any money on it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but books don't really sell, you know. Nowadays, people don't have time to read. They they just want to glance at something. They want to see a video real quick on the Internet. Yeah. So. But, you know, I got a couple of questions here that uh, were kind of cool. I like to live in the past to some degree because the memories are just so fantastic. Sure. And, and they say it's not the destination, it's the journey, correct? I got a question from one of our listeners, and we always answer all of our emails. And I basically sent, I don't know, two pages of email to this one lady that asked about, uh, <laughs> we, you and I have talked before about Sholo, Arizona, and how we met. And yes, sir. I would like you to relive that just for a minute or two. Uh, oh, sure. Tell us how you ended up in Sholo and how we met. Uh, I'll mention the name, Don Glover. That came out yeah. because it was on Facebook, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. They highlight a little bit about Don, but I want to hear your version of that. Again, uh, my senior year in high school was the only year I hadn't bowled. I was too busy doing anything else. New place, uh, St. John's, Arizona, small town, White Mountains, Arizona. Had a great time my senior year. I did notice that Sholo had a bowling center about 30 minutes to the north and to the east from us. And uh, But I never really paid much attention until I got out of school and was working. And in late 1979, I uh, started going there. I said, you know what? I'm going to go regular. I'm going to work my way up. But I came in on a Thursday where there was nothing going on. And I wanted my first look at the lanes to be perfect. I didn't want anybody else there watching me. I went in there, and I got to tell you something, Lenny. I was so impressed and amazed. The parking lot wasn't much. It was dust. But you walk in the foyer, beautifully, professionally set up. Ebonite staff of champion stuff all over the walls. Uh, you walk into the bowling center. Everything was absolutely dustless. No speck of dirt anywhere to be found. You smelled the oil. That always got me going. I was ready to bowl. I smelled the oil. Little 12-lane place, little guy behind the counter, gave me my shoes. I found a ball, and I was off. Must have bowled like 20 games. I felt great. And uh, I went back, and he even started watching me after a little while. I was playing low ball and doing all this other stuff. And so I go up to him, and I said, sir, I got to tell you something. I don't know who the owner is here, but I got to compliment them. I got to compliment you. This is the diamond in the rough here. I mean, my gosh, it's a beautiful place. Your kitchen is spotless. The bar area is spotless. Everything is just, there's no dirt here. You can't find it. <laughs> and I said, the lanes were wonderful. I want to thank you. And, uh, you know, I noticed you got Don Glover on your wall. I remember when I was nine years old when he won the Masters. And, uh, you know, and then he had some misfortune. And he just started grinning bigger and bigger. And he finally stuck out his hand and said, hi, I'm Don Glover. Okay, well, embarrassment number one is over. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Obviously, I remember him from his TV stints and championship bowling. And 
Hell, I didn't remember this little guy with a beard down to his knees and hair over his shoulders, you know. Uh, what a wonderful influence he was on me. I started bowling leagues, and I met you uh, the, the following year in early to mid-1980. You were helping Don with uh, his lane conditioning and his uh, tournaments and so forth. And uh, we had a really good time, especially at one of the tournaments. It was one of the many just wonderful tournaments that were held there. You had all kinds of great people from all over the area. Good bowlers, too. Fantastic. Every once in a while, Ellenberg would make an appearance. Every once in a while, some other people, you know, in the Tucson area make an appearance in uh, Phoenix and so forth. Well, we got through, you know, uh, we got through uh, qualifying and went to uh, a local sawdust joint and we're talking about bowling and girls and everything else. The tequila's <laughs> flowing and, and uh, the next thing you know, it's uh, getting close to daylight. I guess we better go. So, you know, pretty much two-thirds of the bowling center was really having a hard time with their their next round, but uh, I think you shot a 279 on uh, on lane eight. You always said eight was your favorite lane, and I think that got you up to like 40 over or something. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we, we talked about bowling, and you were really good to me. You know, you and Don both were good to me. Uh, Ken Duncan, his ball driller slash hustler, was really good to me. Tom Cobb, the lane guy, was good to me. It was a wonderful area full of wonderful folks that loved to bowl. They needed a couple of teachers, though, in that area. And you and Donnie came along, not only just for me in my life, but I think for everybody that attended that place, too. And uh, you stuck with me. Of course, we lost track of each other, like people will tend to do. But we got back together again in 2009. And you and I have been pretty tight as a tick, you know, ever since then. And uh, it's just been a wonderful ride, I think, for both of us in the direction you've taken. In the direction I've taken, you know, unfortunately, we lost Donnie some years ago. But, uh, you know, I still remember that uh, that grin he'd get. He'd look uh, confused at Ken Duncan. Why is my white dot hooking more than my yellow dot? Blah, blah, blah. The usual Donnie speak. We got to hear a taste of that during the Classic League, like he was actually, you know, bowling in a, in a qualifying or something. So it was a wonderful time. It was a great experience. It was a great time then. And uh, obviously something I've never forgotten. Wow, what a what a great memory you have to remember all those names and uh, you know I want to do a show about that uh, because there's a whole lot I want to add to it. Oh, and I know. I remember your eyeballs; they were as big as saucers. Uh, yeah, we were sitting there <laughs> one one time uh, for yeah, I don't I know a, a couple hours, and and it was me and Don Glover and and Paul Caldwell was talking right. to us, and you were looking at him like, oh my God, you were like in the I don't know, the president's office someplace. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, so I want to do a show about that whole series of time we were together back then because uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that need to know about nostalgia and things in the past. But I can see by the old clock on the wall, my friend. We've done it again. We've went way past our time. And I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Storm Bowling, and also uh, Brad Edelman from the High Roller and my good friend, Dave Kowalski for being our sponsors of the show. And this is our 22nd year and we don't see any way we're ever going to quit this thing with guests like my good friend today with CJ Layton, the voice of Phantom Radio. So CJ, thanks again, my friend. Best to you always. Have a good upcoming holiday season and we'll talk again shortly. We sure will. I'm going to have you on soon. Because I'm gonna, this lady's gonna call me back. I know, or send me a text. Thank you for whetting my appetite. I want more because I know a lot of people do. So, for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down.
and trouble And you need some love and care And nothing, well, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me 